Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. This episode, we're talking about gain without pain, tracking your expenses without the pitfalls of traditional budgeting. You know, according to at least one survey, as many as 80% of Americans prepare a budget. I'm not sure I believe that. Although I bet 80% of Americans have thought about having a budget, why don't they actually do it? You probably already know the answer, because they're so hard to stick to. And why is a budget so hard to stick to? Because they feel so restrictive. Who wants to go on a dollar diet? Nobody. So how do we fix this? How do we convert from budget hater to budget lover? Let's find out. I'm Stacey Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda Marquette. Hello, Stacey Johnson. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. I don't like the word budget, but but I'm good for a spending plan. So let's do this. All right, then. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hello, Aaron. Hello, guys. How you doing? And if I sound excited, it's because this week we've got money happiness guru Jason Vitug (laughs) returning to talk to us about how we can learn to love budgeting. Jason, welcome back to our show. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. We love you. Okay, before we start, remember, we do not offer financial advice on this podcast, so make sure you do your own research and consult your own experts before you act on anything you learn here. In other words, do not sue us. Okay, let's dive right in. Now, Jason, you heard me promise a lot in my intro. (laughs) I'm going to make it so easy for you to do a budget that you're not going to just not dislike it. You're going to love it. Is it possible? I think it's possible. It's possible for us to create a budget to make us happy. And I like Miranda's take on it, the spending plan. So the spending plan to happiness. So it is possible because for me, a budget is an act of direction, not an act of deprivation. That's why people don't stick with a budget. It's depriving them of the things that bring joy and happiness in their life. No, wait a minute. Say that again. It's a, it's a what? It's an act of what? That's, yeah. So a budget is an act of direction, not an act of deprivation. Interesting. I've always considered it an act of deprivation, like a diet. <laughs> you no, know, once you use the budget or the spending plan correctly, you're going to start allocating your resources into the things that matter most to you. So instead of cutting things out, you're reallocating those those funds into the most uh, to the things that bring joy and happiness. Awesome. <laughs> now, Miranda, I know you're a big proponent of budgeting. You, or, or, or I'm sorry, creating a spending plan. How's that working for you? Yeah, so it works for me. It works pretty well. Um, I instead of doing like a lot of little categories and a lot of uh, little little things, I like to you know like Jason was talking about. I like to allocate my resources. So I start with like the big things that matter the most to me, right? Like making sure the rent is paid and insurance and groceries and um, you know all of those kinds of you know needs. But then I also want to make sure that. I'm sending money to my tax advantage retirement account, my HSA, um, you know, the 520. Well, I don't do the, I don't put money in the 529 anymore. Um, it's coming out of the 529 now, but, um, but I want to make sure those things are taken care of. And so as long as I've allocated my money to the big things like that, um, then the rest of it I can use as I see fit without worrying about whether it's going into this category or whether I need to move it out of that category. So it's a very basic spending plan, uh, but it's one that's based on making sure like the big things that matter the most to me are covered. Aaron, do you have a, do you have a, oh, you know what, by the way, I need to tell you folks, for those of you who are watching us, um, if you see just a black square where Stacy Johnson is supposed to be, that's because my camera's not on. 
I should have said that at the beginning. Do not adjust your set. It is not your. It is not your problem. It is mine. Okay, Aaron, do you have a do you have a spending plan or a budget? Uh, I do not have a spending plan or a budget. It's uh, basically try to spend as little as possible. Try to find the best deals on everything. That if I do need something, and uh, that's pretty much what I stick to, and it's it's worked so far. Yeah. Now that this reminds me of something, and I, I know you you guys have heard me say this on this podcast today, but I wrote I wrote a book about uh, debt twenty years ago, twenty plus years ago, and uh, since that time, a lot of people have approached me on budgeting. I've also been in the industry. I've served on boards of consumer credit counseling services. Anyway, people say to me, um, I have more month than money. What can I do? And I say, well, where's your money going now? And they say, well, you know, rent, food. You know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And I say, no, no, no. Are you tracking every dime? Because if you ain't tracking every dime, then you're not serious. And that's what I just heard you say, Aaron. I'm doing the best I can. You know, I'm using coupons. But if, are you, if you're not tracking... What, what about you, Jason? Do you track every dime? Well, I think I'm, I'm in between Aaron and you. So I used to track every single penny of where my money was going. And eventually, once I got, I started automating and I know exactly where my money is going and how I'm spending it, I do not track it to the dime. However, I am on top in terms of how I spend it, where it goes, and how much I'm saving and investing. And I do have trackers though. I do have spend trackers to make sure that I'm not going beyond my my budget or my plan per se. Oh, b- before I forget also, Jason, I just noticed your book behind you there. Let us shamelessly plug your new book. What What is it called? Would you hold it up to the camera so we can see sure, it? Th- sure thing. That is why you're here after all. Happy money, happy life, guys. Yes. For those of you who can't see this, happy money, happy life. Don't Don't hesitate rush out and buy that book right now it's already on some bestseller lists so we're all very excited no, we're about not it. all that excited about it jason's excited about it i'm not getting a royalty <laughs> i mean i'm happy for him i'm not excited okay, about I'm it i'm excited about it because i like okay, jason, well, I like jason too. I'm, I'm just not excited, excited about, about it. it okay there you go so so this is actually a really good point too because should you spend money to buy a book well i'm a big believer if you're looking at spending money to help better your life, spending on knowledge, spending on education that can help you understand money, finance in a specific way so you can change your habits, that's money well spent. Now, you know, by the way, Jason, I just mentioned the book that I wrote years ago, decades ago, um, and I found myself in the precarious position of going on to TV stations, you know, to publicize my book and saying, please don't buy it. Get it at the library. Because after all, why would you buy something you can get for free? I agree. And I actually do encourage people to call up their library. So the library will pay for the book and you could borrow it. Uh, so still making a sale either way, though, instead of just one at <laughs> yes. a time. This is about that money. Sense. That's right. Okay. So now I, you know, now here's what I do, but I want you guys to all critique. Here's what I do. I just did this yesterday. Uh, we were recording this on the 2nd of February. On the 1st of every month, actually the 31st, whatever, the last day of every month, when the market closes, I go and I and I write down every single bit of my net worth, how much I own, how much I owe, how much I have in cash, what the stock, you know, everything. So at the, at the end of that, I know whether I got richer or poorer from last month. Now, if I do that, do I need to track my expenses as well? Miranda, do I? I think it really depends on where you're at in your money journey and, and everything else, kind of like like what Jason was saying, he doesn't track everything to the dime. He doesn't, you know, and I don't either. Um, I just have a basic idea of, okay, this is where 
uh, the big things are, this is what's most important, this is what I want to make sure is funded. I kind of think it depends on where you're at. Now, if you are at the part of your money journey where you are trying to get out of debt, so like I was in that part of my money journey before, I had to try and figure out how to get out of debt, then yeah, it really mattered like how much I was spending, where the money was going, tracking it and making sure, okay, do I have extra money? What can I put toward paying down debt? How can I do this more efficiently? So I really think it depends on where you're at and what makes sense and what works for you uh, in terms of keeping you on track with your own personal money goals. Yeah, and I think I think this show is very important right now. I mean, uh, we keep reading headlines how people are missing their car payments, they're missing mortgage payments, debt's increasing, credit card payments or, or uh, credit card debt is increasing, and we got high inflation. I mean, uh, purchasing power is diminished, and, uh, and having a budget right now is hyper important. This, at this uh, 2023, you know, so this, this show is really important. I think to a lot of different incomes. That makes sense, and you know another thing too. That I, this I have done. I mean, I, I'm I'm older, and and I, and I'm less uh, less need. I have no debt at all. But the point is, when I did, when I when I needed control, when I when I felt out of control, when I felt like I was spending more than I was making, you know, at times in my past, just the act of tracking my expenses made me feel more in control. Like I was doing something, you know, to try to get from A to B, rather than just coasting along and hoping that I ended up in the right place. And so I think budgeting can re be really beneficial for that purpose as well. You guys agree? I completely I agree. agree. I think when people feel financial stress, they feel out of control. And the one solution is to take control by doing a budget and figuring out where your money is going. And that simple act can give you a sense of control and give you like peace of mind, even though that might not be the answer in terms of your debt, in terms of the lack of income. But that's the first step into, into taking control, and that does affect people's moods positively. Yeah, that makes sense. And it reduces yeah. your stress level to know that you're Absolutely. taking a step in the right direction. So now we haven't really made uh, budgeting or, or spending plan creating fun. Have, have we made it fun, or was I, just, was I just lying at the beginning of the show to, to drag people in? Can we yeah, make how, it how fun? Would you make, how, would you, how do you make it fun? Um, I know you um, You get a kiss from your sweetheart every time you track an expense. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to make it fun. But, and well, it's fun to, it's fun to feel in charge. I mean, I make like, fun is not the right word. It's, it's fulfilling to feel in charge. So you, are you saying, like, let's say if you have something you really, really love to do, let's say, like, you want to, you love going to the movies. So let's say you have to create a budget and it, obviously you, you have to cut expenditures and a lot of things in order to, get this budget in line to pay off debts or whatever, you're saying in order to keep yourself from being depressed, make sure you pick one thing that you really, really, truly love and make sure that there's a budget for that, like, you know, going to the movies, theater or something like that. And that, that way it, it's not such a, 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 a reward. bad thing. A reward, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, here, here's how I would respond to that, Aaron. I wrote a book on this 20 years ago. Um, and, and then budgeting was much harder. I mean, you literally had to write stuff down. And now it's and tracking your expenses now is really easy. It's downloading a free app. Yeah. But my my point was going to be this: I wrote twenty years ago. Jason wrote twenty minutes ago. He's the one who's <laughs> supposed to be telling us how to make it fun, not me. Well, I never said it was going to be fun twenty years ago. <laughs> and that, of course, Jason didn't say it was going to be fun either. I said that in the intro to the podcast. But now it's his responsibility. So what what would you do to make it easier, Jason, to to reduce the friction that we all experience when we're trying to track our expenses 
Yeah, I agree with Aaron. Uh, it's important to identify what's important to you. What are the essentials? And I started with a budget is an act of direction, not of deprivation. And so when we're thinking of a budget as a diet to cut things out, it's, it's going to impact your ability to follow through. And you're going to find out that you've created a budget that you don't follow, you don't look at, and you regret even doing. And so the budgeting process, the spending plan is much as much a mental exercise as is a financial calculation. So you want to make sure that you allocate funds to the things that are essential. And when I say essential, it's not just housing, healthcare, food. What are the things that bring joy and happiness into your life? So that can be going to the movies. That can be uh, having that Starbucks coffee and realizing that you might have to cut some other parts of uh, in your life in order to have those quote unquote essentials, whatever they may be. And that's how you create a budget that is still fun and that's still representative of who you are and helps you achieve the goals long term as well. That makes sense. And you know what? Are we already halfway through our show? It's astounding. I just love hearing myself talk, don't you guys? Okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be we're halfway through our show. We are gonna be right back though, but we do have to pay a bill or two. This podcast is sponsored by Telus, the first savings app designed for home buyers by real estate experts. With Telus, your savings are in more in one day than up to three weeks in a traditional bank savings account. What's more, there's no stock or crypto exposure, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Visit moneytalksnews.com forward slash Telus to sign up. That's T-E-L-L-U-S. We're also going to have a link in our show notes. Use the code MONEYTALK and get special APY for seven days with a $125 minimum deposit. Okay, that ends the commercial portion of our show. We are back. But before we start, though, guys, if you appreciate what we do, do something for us and share this show with your friends and family on your favorite social platforms and subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds. Really helps us. Okay, now we can get back to our discussion. So what are some tools that you guys use or can use to put together a budget? I use I just use an Excel spreadsheet to, you know, to produce my statement every month of my net worth. What, what kind of stuff do you guys use? Yeah, I use I'm old a school as well. What? What was that, Aaron? <laughs> I use a wife. A <laughs> wife? That's really <laughs> funny. I am I am my wife's spreadsheet. She pays no attention to this stuff whatsoever, yeah. but I'm an accountant. And and Aaron's wife, who's also a friend of mine, is an accountant as well. That's probably why we keep track of stuff. But what what about you guys? What do you guys use? Yeah, I'm old school. I When I started a budget, I use a spreadsheet. There's something about inputting the numbers and being able to manipulate the numbers and and the act, the simple act of inputting the numbers on the Excel sheet gave me that sense of control that we were talking about, Stacey. But you're, you, but you're using a, an app to keep track. I mean, how are you transferring stuff into your Excel spreadsheet? Uh, so you're looking at, I am downloading uh, the, I, I have very minimal accounts, external accounts. like, And so I'm, I'm very minimal when it comes to my financial institutions and those relationships. And so I can connect it and there are those systems and things like that, that through the bank and the credit union and the investment firms can, it's all connected and I'm able to see the transactions in and out and I input them into that spreadsheet. So you, so you literally just look at your bank statement or, or do you, or do you have like, do you have like a QuickBooks things that, that inputs your expenses from your bank statement or do you just look at it? I mean, yeah, that's, a lot I just, of, that's a lot of transferring you're doing to your Excel spreadsheet. If you're just looking at your bank statement, your monthly bank statement, isn't it? Yeah, and and again too, uh, 
I don't track every single dime. I don't track every oh, single Oh, that's penny. right. You said that. Yeah. So yep, you just keep doing track. Broad categories. Correct. Yeah, correct. What about you, Brandon? What do you use? Yeah, so I usually so I usually do kind of a thing where I sit down and once a week I have time to like set aside and like connect with my money because so much of my stuff is automated, right? Um the we have the automated transfer to the IRA, we have the automatic rent payment, we have all of those things are automatic. And so you kind of lose this connection with your money when you do that and it's easy to miss things or get complacent or start spending mindlessly on things you don't care about. So I make it a point to sit down once a week and just sort of review what happened that week. How did it make me feel? Um, how do I want to move forward? And what do I need to make sure I'm keeping um, track of for next week? That kind of thing. So um, I don't really have a former, for, formal budgeting tool. <laughs> I just kind of kind of look at, you know, what I did for the week Um how that went and what I need to kind of prepare for the next week and you know what I'll be thinking about uh so yeah so I don't really have a formal tool that I use anymore I used to use so I used to use mint uh way back in the day I used to use mint and I used to also at one point um I did use uh YNAB so it's you need a budget YNAB um I did use that where you know you assign a job to every dollar um, that started to feel too restricting to me to be going like, okay, now I have to move this dollar to this place. And so, um, but yeah, just once again, it goes back to like, where are you at right in your journey? And so I think all of us are to the point where we're kind of like, we can use these broader tools <laughs> to to look at stuff and not um, have to, you know, like you said, track every dime. I also want to, I also want to put in there, um, <clears throat> And we could talk about, you know, putting things to pen to paper. We could talk about getting these apps that track everything. Or you can, you know, if if your bank, you know, allows you to to download an Excel sheet to uh, see where every expenditure is going. But there's other other first phases, I think, that that these apps don't do. And let's say let's say you have a bank that does give you all these fancy Excel sheets, but these these things could come with a fee that you don't know about, and and fees can kill us. Uh, and all kinds of things like uh, some banks, you know, are charging you this. Some credit cards are charging you an annual fee. Um, you could be getting a better rate on your car insurance. So I think these things that these apps don't tell you is probably the, one of the first things you have to do with your budget. Um, just trying to just lower all of that stuff, and because because none no apps is going to tell you that. Um, well said, Aaron. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And actually, you know, uh, I would say Mint does do that. Uh, and now, in, in a sense. What, what Mint will do, matter of fact, let me just run through a quick list of these things. Uh, just, these are just a few I, I saw reviewed, okay? I haven't used, uh, I've used Mint, but most of these I haven't used. Rocket Money, uh, Simplify, Mint, You Need a Budget, that's the one Miranda just mentioned, and one's called Buddy that's for Apple only. Um, and, and some of these things cost money, and some of them are freemium. In other words, it's free, but if you want certain features, then you have to pay up. Uh, but now Mint, for example, though, Aaron, well, you, you're, it's free, but it'll say, you know what, Aaron, you should reduce your mortgage. You you should refinance. You know, mm-hmm. and here's and here's click here because they make money that way. You know, here's right. a new, here's a credit card you should use, and that's why they're giving you free service because they're suggesting financial yeah. services for you upon which they get paid. Right. Doesn't mean they're necessarily bad, but it, but I'll, go ahead. I was just gonna say one of the things I do like about tools like Mint is that you can get a nice pie chart and get an idea of your broad spending categories. And for me, that's really like 
that's helpful in terms of saying like, okay, do I really care about X this much? And why is so much of my monthly spending going toward X if I don't really care about it that much? And I do find it useful from that standpoint of being able to say like, okay, here's some broad categories. It'll put a visual chart together. And that kind of, for some people, having that visual can be very helpful. And so having that visual to say like, okay, oh, that's a big slice of my pie going to X. How do I either one, reduce that? Or two, is that something that that big of a slice needs to be going to? And how do I kind of shift? So I think that having those visuals can be helpful just to be able to say like, for some people to be able to see that kind of that color coding, I guess. Um, for me, like a column on a spreadsheet doesn't quite give me that visual punch that I need to like really see what's going on. That makes sense. I, I find pie charts most useful for those who spend a lot of their money on pies. Uh, but if you if you <laughs> don't spend so much on pies, they're not as useful. Jason, give me an example of how you've gone through your budget. And because I mean, obviously tracking your expenses is one thing, but what you really want to do is reallocate them so they can yeah. better accomplish your goals. G give me an example of how you've gone through your expenses and changed things to better align with either your values or your goals. So this is really an important point, though. I, I do want to stress that when we talk about many of these quote unquote budgeting apps, they're just expense tracking apps. So they don't actually help people allocate their money into the things that are most important to them. So they'll go and they'll realize that they spent $100 on coffees and, and different establishments. What does that do? They just know that they spent $100 and they shouldn't have spent the $100. And so I think there is, so people tend to think, oh, I have a budget and they tell me the apps that they're using. And I say, all you have is an expense tracking app. What are you doing with that information? And so once you have that information, it's then it's important to start allocating and that's kind of shifting your behavior. So that's kind of the first step is that you get that information and understanding and analyzing your spending habits and then making the conscious effort of, of going, I am at least, I am not going to spend a hundred dollars on, on coffee houses this month and I'm going to uh, allocate X amount of money towards, let's say, a vacation fund or an experience fund or what have you. And, and so I, that's, that was my process. So when I was doing the detailed budget to no longer doing the detailed budget and using expense tracking apps, the expense tracking apps were helping me understand where my money was going in these little smaller buckets, not the larger buckets of retirement and investing. And then what I would do is then create a, a plan to change my habits so I can shift the money around into the into the things that matter to me. And most of that stuff, I would say, is the discretionary, discretionary aspect of it. But again, as Miranda said, I'm in a different state with my finances at this point. Yeah, I, I want to plug the Money Talks News solution page here for a second because we have a to kickstart your budgeting and kickstart, you know, like where, where can I save and all that stuff. If you go to Money Talks News and you go to our solution page, we have everything. You can you can try out car insurance, home insurance, credit cards, new credit cards. You could try out uh, savings, like like savings accounts right now, or like your if you go to you know whatever generic bank, you're getting nothing. But if you go to our thing, I actually just transferred a whole bunch of money over to a an almost a five percent APY savings account, which is pretty awesome. Like using using our site, I was like, hey, this really works. Well, thank so, you, Eric. This is where year end bonuses come from. Is plugging our site. Yeah. Good for you. But no, that that is but actually true, does work. I mean, it actually does yeah, work. I've can, actually you, used it. You can save so much money. There's an example right there where you can you go from 0.1 percent interest to four percent interest, and the time it takes to watch a commercial break. 
I mean, it's just simple. And yeah. you, can, you can get 10, you know, if you, if you lower or uh, raise your deductible on your car insurance, yeah, you can save 10%. I mean, you can save hundreds of dollars just by doing simple things. And by the way, things that used to be complicated, that used to be me pulling out the yellow pages and calling around to different companies. And now you could do it online in literally a minute. You know, and it, it is crazy not to do yep. that to to try to reduce your expenses, to try to reduce, uh, to try to get some gain with no pain. That's the that that's the key, because it, you know if it, your insurance is not going to make any, I mean, it's not going to make any difference in your life. You know, it's not like you're going from steak to cottage cheese when you make changes like that, and that's yeah. how you can find yourself getting ahead really fast. Am I yeah, right, and Jason? Yeah, a lot of people feel locked yeah, in. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Stacey, because. And I think Aaron mentioned earlier, it's like, I'm a big believer. You shouldn't spend more than you have to on anything. So if you can get the discounts, you can get the coupons and you can save money, then you can allocate those things into more fun stuff. So if you go and you do your budget and you realize how much you're spending on your insurance, whether your home, your auto, what have you, then that gives you a actionable item, which means go ahead and start researching the, the best alternative car insurance company or home insurance and you'll find savings that way and you utilizing the tool uh that, that you find at the website so i think that it, that is essential in how you can tie in the the budgeting with the expense tracking and actionable items that you can do yeah. and i was going to say Absolutely. a lot of people feel locked into these things too like oh well i've been with you know xyz car insurance for 10 years i mean they they know me they trust me and and they're going to you know handle my my accident no, it's not how it works, and they're afraid to change, and they've thrown away thousands of dollars. You know, just shop that You're stuff absolutely around. Right? Can yeah. you imagine? Can you imagine a boardroom uh, at an insurance company? They're going like, we already know people aren't going to change their insurance because it's a huge pain in the butt. So we can raise our rates. You think they don't know that? They, yeah. You think they don't know what you think about how hard it is to change your insurance company or your bank? Your bank is paying you 0.1%. Think about this. I wrote this in an article yesterday. They're paying you 0.1% of your savings. Okay. They're taking your savings and they're putting them in a T-bill and earning five or five. four and three quarters. Okay. So they're making, this is the great work. If you can get it, you lend me, you give me your money. I give you nothing. I right. take your money and give you and earn 5% on it All with right. no risk. I mean, this <laughs> is what a bank's doing to you. And you have loyalty to them. <laughs> you Why? What? That's crazy. What's interesting? Yeah, what's interesting, Stacey, I was in a banking conference years ago, and I remember these bankers talking about the laziness of us consumers, and they bank on our laziness and, and not wanting to or not feeling compelled to switch. So they know that they can pay us the minimum amount on a savings account. They can raise the fees on these accounts because we just don't want to make that switch. And the, I think it's called uh, switching costs or something like that when it comes yeah to consumers and, and so they do bank on us churn not wanting. Is what it's called. yeah churn yeah so it's 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 fascinating again that's all the psychology piece of it too yeah yeah it's a, it's amazing the how and we just let them get away with this they and they but they're right i mean you know, look at comcast look at your yeah. uh, your cell phone provider yeah they make you sign up fill out all this paper because, and then they make you know and then you and they make it so confusing that you're like well, geez, I think I could get a better deal at this other place, but maybe I couldn't. You know, by the time I sign all the favor, blah blah blah. And there you sit, like a deer in the headlights, you know. And and all you and what what helps you start down this road of going over each one of your expenses is looking at them, 
And that, you know, because if you just go through life and don't look at it, you put everything on auto pay, you know, you're not going to even notice. So having going back to the original thesis here, having a spending plan forces you to look at where your money's going, and then you can make decisions about whether you might be able to save in different categories without sacrificing your quality of life. And that's the point of your book, Jason, which is called what? Happy Money, Happy Life. Happy Money, Happy Life. Let's all go to Amazon and buy that sucker. Or let's go to the library and take <laughs> the library <laughs> and, and request a copy. <laughs> okay. Or guys. your local indie bookshop. There yes. you go. Okay. There yeah. Go. Let, let's let's get even. Let's, let's promote even more. Okay. Uh, anybody have any final thoughts? We're, we're running actually on time for once. We are running on time. Anybody have any last thoughts? I do. Um, I want people to focus, if, if they still think budgeting is, is depriving them of the joys in life, I think what they should do is to track their net worth monthly. And exactly what you're saying, Stacey, you go and track your, uh, your net worth. I think that can propel people into getting into the weeds when it comes to the budgeting, when they start seeing that their net worth is negative, and then they can start figuring out what, what are some of the actionable items that they can take away from that negative net worth or the positive net worth. And I think that is kind of like a bigger picture. And I find peop people get excited, and, and I use that loosely when they, when they realize they have a negative net worth, they get excited in terms of, okay, what's the next step once I've determined what my net worth is, negative or positive? I think all of, our, all of our net worths were really awesome January 2022, and not so much now. Yes, well, they're, mine's <laughs> a little lower now than it was then, but that's okay. It'll come back. He's referring, for those of you who are uninitiated, to the stock market, where we all probably lost a little net worth last year. But now it's coming back, we're hoping. Miranda, any last thoughts? Um, not really. Just once again, um, I think one of the, the things that uh, you really need to think about is what matters to you and make sure that you're making a money plan around that. I think a lot of where we get in trouble is when we are just sort of not thinking about what matters to us and we are not connecting how we use our money to those things. We don't think about our money as a means to an end. We just think of it as the end itself. Why don't I have enough? Um, and so I think really understanding what you want and what matters to you and starting there is is really important in this process. Excellent thought also. I Aaron, think, you uh, good to go? I have one more. Um, oh, go ahead. I think you know, reading books like Jason's and, and Stacy's are, are, are really good to get a foundation of understanding money because not only is the budgeting good, but then let's say your end goal is to uh, buy a house. So if you understand money, you understand cycles, it would be the difference between you buying a house when you know property values are skyrocketed versus saving money during those times and then buying a house when you know property values have gone down. So understanding the cycles of money too will also help you, you know, increase your net worth and, and budget out a little bit better. You know, absolutely true. Reading never hurt anybody. Well, yeah. depending on what you're reading, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, we are out of time, guys. And you know, by the way, you should be watching us too. Because how do you know we're wearing clothes? If you're not <laughs> watching us, you should be watching this on YouTube instead of just listening to it. But either way, we like to have you. But. Today, we are out of time. Dig a little deeper, though, folks. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is mirandamarquit.com, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T. And visit Jason at his website, 
Then, now this is a tough one. Now this is frugal.com, but it's spelled P-H-R-O-O-G-A-L.com. Is that right, Jason? Absolutely right. Okay, you'll, you'll find a link in our show notes if you forget it, but it's P-H-R-O-O-G-A-L.com. Got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest? Well, don't just sit there. Tell us about it. You can reach us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you like what we do, I said this once before, I'm going to say it again. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds, helps us, makes our parents proud. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. I am Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Markwit. I'm Aaron Freeman. And I'm Jason Vitug. Jason, you knew to do that, and I forgot to tell you. Thank you very much. And thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. We're going to see you right here next time.